What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Happy Tuesday, May 28th. The holiday week is over. We can see football in the future. It's a long way away, but it'll be here soon enough. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host of the daily CBS Sports NFL Podcast. The only daily NFL podcast that posts podcast on a holiday weekend. That's right. We had one up yesterday, part two of our top 25 under 25. Not a lot of NFL news over the weekend. That's what happens on Memorial Day. It's a pretty slow time for the league. But we're going to do some over-unders. And we've got Dave Richard from CBS Sports, senior fantasy writer, joining us right now. All right. Join the show now as promised. Before we recorded this, we're recording this before Memorial Day. Today is Tuesday after Memorial Day. So Dave Richard knows. My man, Dave Richard, uh, senior fantasy analyst, writer. I don't even know what your title is. I, you know, I haven't handed out a business card in like four years. I haven't handed one out in like seven years. I don't even do I'm, business. I'm, I'm a fantasy guy who loves football and, uh, that's it. <laughs> put that in quotes and put that on a business card. Okay. I'll You're a senior itself. fantasy writer according to our internal communiques. Okay. So that sounds good. good. You have to take I, that. I can't believe that's a real title that pays like a salary. It's it's insane. I know people really get hang up, hung up on the senior part of my title because I'll always say like they'll introduce me like senior NFL writer and they're like, "Are you really like a senior?" Well, I'm like, and I tell them that it's only because I named my son Robert Williams Brinson Jr. and that therefore I am a senior. <laughs> Right. And that's how I got the, they're, oh. I think I'm older. I think I'm older than I look. Maybe is what scares people or. Right. You, you definitely look a little young. Yeah. And I've always looked old. You don't look old. No, dude. I've growing. I was the guy who bought beer for my high school friends. Me too. But I had a beard in high school. Oh, that's yeah. I, I was just gigantic. <laughs> yeah, that helps. <laughs> and there, you know, the guy at the liquor store is like, yeah, he might be. Under 21, but I don't care. I grew a beard this, my, this, my, uh, the summer of my seat after my senior year of high school. And it, like, it was a thick beard. Like, people thought I was a, when I got to college, people thought I was like a sophomore or junior. Cause it was like the beard was so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so big. And like, I would go in and not get carded as a senior in high school, like to buy beer. Great, like, right? Yeah. yeah neither incredible. did I. Yeah. Um, it's not that I didn't have a beard. I didn't have any facial hair back then. I was just, Really big. You know, I looked uh, so old. I probably, Dave, could have gone to Las Vegas and bet on NFL win totals if I'd wanted to. What a segue by me. Well um, done. Thank you. We're going to do the a uh, the NFC North win totals today. AFC North will be coming up. Guest TBD. And um, Dave and I have talked about win totals for a long time, so I'm excited to chat with you about this. You are a, bear, a bear, for, former Bears fan, current Bears fan? I'm an ex-Bears fan. Ex-Bears I grew up in Chicago fan. and... Loved the franchise for the majority of my life. And then when I got this job, I was still a Bears fan. But I would say when the when the Packers were in the Super Bowl against the Steelers and I found myself rooting for the Packers, mm. that's when I realized, you know what? I, I'm, I'm starting to like players more than my allegiance to Chicago. And uh, I just I gravitated away from it. And now I root for players on my fantasy team. Yeah, I um... – I found myself getting pulled back in a little bit when the Panthers were in the Super Bowl, in Super Bowl 50. And not like, I mean, I was covering the game. It didn't affect my objectivity or anything. But like, I was on the field after the Panthers won the NFC Championship game and it was sort of like, wow, like, wow, this is, 
This is the team I grew up rooting for, and I'm standing on the field and confetti's raining down on me, and like Jerry Richardson's walking around with this big sweet tea. I don't know. It's it's it's, it's it is easy to get sort of pulled away from it. But um, as I mentioned, you like to go to Vegas and bet on win totals. Yeah, and- I mean, I I don't really talk about this. This is the first time I'm going to talk about it, but I've been doing that uh, every year for I'd say the last five six years. Save for last year. Mm. I didn't do it last year because I didn't go to Vegas last year. My wife and I went somewhere else. Uh, my wife's a big football fan like me. Every year I go through the schedule. I, I predict each game, win, loss, never a tie. And then I compare my notes with the Vegas odds. And whenever I've got a team winning or losing one and a half games more than what the Vegas odds are, I, I hit it. Mm. Last year I was, I, so I didn't go last year to Vegas. Do you budget out a certain amount that you're going to spend? No. And you could just say unit. So it's just, it's just like if, if you did the over-unders yourself and you had 32, I mean, that's not going to happen. But like, let's say you had 14 no. teams where it's one and a half games. Would you bet on all 14? Yes, but some, it would. Depends on the juice like, and all that. I, the yeah. amount I bet would be like a confidence pool type thing. Gotcha. Where the, the, the one that I love the most, that'll have the biggest bet. Sure. The one I like the least will have like you know hundred bucks something. Like oh, that. oh, all right. So we're talking uh, some big some big cash on those. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I did. Uh, I probably spent last year. I think I put down like five hundred bucks total when I was out there, but I split it with uh, one of our coworkers. Um, we ended up making money on it. Eric Eric K and I. He was like, "Do you want to split it?" We um. We took the Falcons to win the Super Bowl. That was a loser. But the big winners were the Chiefs to win the division and um. The Raiders to uh, win less than eight games. So that was uh, those were two two layups. Yeah, Done. yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I would have been with you on that one. The one that I liked the most last year, and you know, we live in South Florida, so I we pay a lot of attention to the Dolphins. My wife and I, and the Dolphins were six and a half, mm. and she was like, "There's no way they're winning seven games." <laughs> we went through the schedule. I'm telling you, Will, like three, four different times, we went through the schedule. Is there any way they could win seven games? No, we can't. All right, let's go put, let's go put, um, uh, I'm trying to think of a way to, 10 units. Wow. On, oh, okay. Let 10 units on the Dolphins under, uh, I know, I've got a buddy who can go to uh, a sports book in Mississippi and get the bet in. So I'm, I'm telling Pete Prisco and Jamie Eisenberg this over lunch one day mm-hmm. and they, they look at each other and then they look at me and they go, you can't make that bet. They're going to win seven or more games. <laughs> And I said, where's their pass rush? And they defended the Dolphins. And I said, well, where's their offense? And they defended the Dolphins. And sure enough, the Miami Dolphins won seven games. I did not make the bet. You lucked out there. One unit for zero units. I didn't make the bet. So uh, I I pretty much owe Jamie and Pete ten lunches. Or like one lunch. Just by virtue. Well, yeah, listen, they save me 10 units, so they can, they can have a, at least a couple of lunches. Yeah, but I feel like there's at least a nine unit tax for like dealing, live, like working in the same office as those two. Because mm-hmm. those two combined, those two individually are fine. Those two combined, whew. Uh, yeah. A disaster. It's, it's quite a life that we lead can here. You, with can you imagine where your headspace would have been at in like September 30th when the Dolphins were, uh, when the Dolphins were going to the Patriots to play and they're up three nothing and they were like only six and a half point dogs. Yeah. You're freaking the bleep out because you're yep. like, the Dolphins are just, and then the Dolphins beat the Bears in week six. You're like, well, this is just over. I mean, they're right. And they barely, they still barely got it because they collapsed at the end and fired their coach. Uh, let's talk about the <laughs> AFC, North, NFC North though. Um, we're going to dive into these. This is an interesting division this year, Dave. Maybe the most 
interesting division in the world. Uh, I say that only half jokingly. The the Bears won the division. They popped up out of nowhere and won it. Um, and Vegas doesn't really know what to do with this division because all three of the top teams in this division, the Packers, who are t- fired Mike McCarthy after a long run there, the Vikings, who uh, struggled surprisingly, and there's buzz. Pete Briscoe's mentioned it on this podcast that Mike Zimmer could be on the hot seat. And the Bears, the darlings of last year, are all dead even to win the division at plus 200 each. Um, what is your we'll – we'll start first with the, the, the team that's defending it. Because, I mean, unsurprisingly, like, the division odds are the same. Their win totals are the same. The Chicago Bears, defending champs, over under nine wins, over is minus 120, and the under is even. Means there's a slight shade to the over there. Uh, are you surprised that the Bears are now not, have a nine-win total? I would have assumed that they'd be around nine or nine and a half. Yep. I figured that that's right where they would be. Um, they still have an incredible defense. Uh, they were the team that I think had the least amount of holes to fill mm. during the offseason. And it was almost done by design because they gave up all those draft picks to get Khalil Mack, and then they spent a decent chunk in free agency last offseason. And I think that they had much more than just the nucleus of their team in place. I think they pretty much had their whole team in place so that they were able to not go crazy in free agency. They really kind of – pinch pennies, which is what the Bears do, and, and they got just a couple of free agents that they really wanted to supplement their roster. In the draft, they took a lot of best available type of players. Like, were they really in need of a running back? Two running backs. <laughs> they no. took two running backs. Were they really in need of even one? I could argue that, you know, they probably needed a nickel corner more than they needed that. But they they did what they did, and I think that they're set up for another good year. And uh Matt Nagy just really you know, blew the socks off with, with what he did as a play caller. This is an offense that's to be feared. It comes with a defense that's got an amazing pass rush and very good corner play. Losing Vic Fangio hurts to a degree, but I think having Chuck Pagano there is kind of, this is, this is a chance for Pagano to kind of reclaim his, uh, his notoriety, I guess you could say, as a, as a defensive boss and maybe even get another head coaching job if he runs with this unit for, for a couple of, seasons yeah no i agree with you there i look i i don't i think you might be underplaying the vic the vic fangio loss a little bit i I agree chuck pagano had a really nice run with the ravens as dc i think in order for the bears to successfully defend their title in the nfc north that the development of mitchell trubisky in his second year with matt nagy and his third year with chicago bears and the development of this offense as a whole is going to have to overcome what inevitably, in my opinion, is going to be a step back from the defense. And I don't think that the defense is, you know, quote-unquote worse. Like, they have the same players here, more or less. I mean, they added Ha Ha Clinton Dix. Of course, they lost Adrian Amos. That's a negligible down. I mean, it's it's a downgrade, but, you know, negligible. Kyle Fuller will be back. Prince of Mukamara, they got great play from the cornerbacks last year. Eddie Jackson is a, a developing young player who was a steal in the fourth round because of injury. Uh, Leonard Floyd, Roquan Smith, Danny Trevathan, Khalil Mack, pretty good linebackers in that defense. It's, it's really good. Yeah. And when you, the thing is, is that Green Bay kind of caught up with them in terms of having playmakers on defense. They did a nice job in free agency. And I think Minnesota's got a real talented unit too. So, I, I, I kind of understand where Vegas is coming from because all three of these teams have 
good pass rushes, good cover corners, uh, a lot of promise on defense, and a lot of promise on offense. I, I think I have to agree with you, though. Chicago only allowed five rushing touchdowns during the regular season last year, only 1,280 rush yards. Mm. They were the number one ranked run defense. I have a hard time believing they're going to do that again. But they were also they were pretty good on defense at the. They were great defense. I mean, they're, I mean no, they're, I'm talking about pass defense. Oh they were yeah, for seven sure. In yeah. Pass defense. They allowed 22 passing touchdowns. That was pretty low. Um, what's that? Do I have here? 50 sacks. That's pretty good. I think I think they've got a shot to get back to 50 sacks again. And uh, even without Bryce Callahan in the slot, I think that they're going to be good at, at shutting down um, quality passing offenses. Their uh, expected win-loss, according to the Pythagorean theorem, was 11.5. They ended up winning 12 games, so they outperformed it by a half a game, which is pretty substantial but not crazy. They blew their over-under, seven and a half wins, which it closed out after the MAC deal. was like six and a half before that. Warren Sharp, our, our, our pal, was on uh, on this podcast touting the Bears and the Colts overs as the two best his two best bets last year. Going to need to get Warren back because he nailed both of those. I'll say this, Dave. I do think... When you look at this team, that one of the things that sort of flies under the radar, they were first overall in turnovers defensively. That's something that you can't replicate. We, you, know, you just can't guarantee that you can replicate. That's just how turnovers work. And they were third in the NFL in ranking in terms of adjusted games lost by football outsiders, meaning they had the third fewest games lost to injury. After being 31st the year before, they had a wild swing in terms of injury luck. It happens all the time. You go from the, one of the worst teams to one of the best teams in terms of injury luck. Um, it, it is more than likely that the Bears would regress to the middle of the pack uh, in this, in this uh, forthcoming season. That's just, again, how these things work. So I think there's some regression coming, but it could be potentially battled if Mitchell Trubisky can take a step forward in this offense. And I believe that he can. I think that he's sort of underrated. Sean, our colleague, Sean Wagner-McGuff, who's a Bears fan, released his top 25 under 25. Trubisky didn't sniff the list. Wasn't even on the the, the guys that, that were going to get cut. And I mean, I get it. Like Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson and Baker Mayfield were on there. Jared Goff, they're, they're all better quarterbacks under 25. Mitchell Trubisky's a, a better quarterback, I think, than people give him credit for. He is, but he still makes plenty of errors. He will still have a bad For throw. Sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, one to three times per game. Whereas the best quarterbacks, they just almost never make a bad throw. Um, Maybe once per game. Maybe. Like I'm thinking, like Aaron Rodgers will have one throw that's you know three feet over a receiver's head instead of the foot and a half that he's aiming. Trubisky for. has several of them, and that's that offense schemes open some wide open looks. So, and that's the whole key here. Yeah. Like that's that's three quarters of the reason why Mitchell Trubisky was such an interesting fantasy quarterback last year. He was, was highly productive. He schemed so well. He had a he he had the highest yeah. fantasy point week of anybody in the NFL because six touchdown in, game against the in, Bucks in one half. Yeah, <laughs> he was he was preposterous. I, I think about that game, and I think about I think he had a, that long touchdown to Trey Burton, the first one. Yeah, and it was it was a joke. Like Trey Burton, it's it wasn't a great throw. I mean, like I could have made. I mean, I don't know if I could have made the throw because it was like a forty yard throw. Um, but like Trey Burton was wide open. I'll, I'll tell you this: the other reason um, I would be uh, bearish on the Bears. Ooh, thank you. Um, is the schedule 
man, it is not easy. They open up with the Packers at home on Thursday night in the the season opener, and that's you know that's great. You're getting a divisional rival at home. That's a tough spot to play the Packers and Aaron Rodgers in, in prime time. I think Aaron Rodgers will come to play in an offense that you haven't prepared for in, in ever because Matt Lafleur is new there. Then they're at Denver. That's always hard to play there in September. It's just a tough. I mean, the, the air is thin there. It is a difficult spot to play early in the season. And and they're playing against their former defensive coordinator. Mm, that's like, right. Yeah, that's a loss. I, I think a so lot too. Of people are going. A lot of people are going to look at that game and say, oh, "Denver's not that good. They've got Joe Flacco, and like Chicago's losing that game." If the Broncos, so the Broncos open up um, their regular season at Oakland. At Oakland on is that that second Monday night game? Yes. Okay, they could easily lose that game. Man, I hope they lose it. If they lose that game and the Bears beat the Packers, the Bears will be like three and a half point favorites going into Denver in Week Two, and the Broncos will beat them straight up. It That's, could be the exact opposite. They could go into Oakland and stop them, sure. and the Bears could stop the Packers, and Denver will still beat Chicago in week two. Right, right, but, but I'm saying Big I want, knows too much. I know, but I'm saying I want the Broncos as like home dogs in week yeah, two. I get it. I get I'll it. lock You're that in right now. Of your wallet. You're not thinking about the win total. Um, at Redskins week three. That's, a that's your bounce back game. Yeah, but it's a Monday night football game, and the Redskins, in yeah. theory, will be healthy. I, it's not a guaranteed win. I, I would, I would say that that's a win. I would, I, if I'm penciling it in, I would have it as a win. So what do we have? Two and one right there for the, re, for the, for we're, the we're going to count. Well, when I look at the divisional matchups, I always like to think about just can they go two and oh, one and one or oh and two? I haven't gone one and one against the Packers. I think that's totally fair. Yeah. So let's give them the win at the beginning of the season. And then when they play at Green Bay later on, exactly. We'll count it as yeah. a loss. I agree. Uh, so Vi- now they're two and one. I, I would have them splitting with the Packers and the Vikings and then sweeping the Lions. But I assume you're probably the same. Or do you have them sweeping the Vikings as well? You know, they did beat Minnesota twice last year. They did. Um, they've got Minnesota at home. I'm not ready to say that they'll go one and one against Minnesota. Let's that second game against Minnesota is Week 17. And one of the problems that we'll we'll have when we're doing this is how important is that game to the Bears? Sure. Or the, you or the Vikings. Until you know until you know how the rest of the division shapes up. Yep. For now, I, let's table that Week 17 game until we get to it. I think they beat Minnesota in Chicago. I do too. So they're going to be three and one after four games. All right. Well, they play the Raiders in Oakland in Week Five, and then have a Week. Three six of their five. first five games are on the road. That's right. That is tough. So, uh, but uh, we have them at let's say let's put them at four and one going into the bye. Sure. Okay. Anything yeah. three and two or less is a problem is problematic if you take the over because after the bye starting in Week Seven, this is a first place schedule coming down the pipe they they open up um post by week seven saints at home and then chargers at home how do they do in that homestand one and one seems fair to me i think one and one seems fair as well but i could also see them at jeez, ah, i could see them at two and oh and i could see them at yeah, oh and two because i i really respect the saints defense and the Chargers defense, mm-hmm. I think they're both good. It's just a matter of whether they can travel. I think the Saints defense, when they're outdoors, just and on grass especially, just not not the same. So I think that they can beat Drew Brees and the Saints in what will probably end up being a high-scoring game, a, a fun game that we'll all enjoy. Uh, the, Bears, the Bears, by the way, but, Bears, by the way, seven and one at home last year. So I mean, yeah. this is a team that plays really well at home. I'm gonna, I'm gonna split them. I think right. that's the safest thing to do. So yeah. I think they beat the Saints at home and they lose to the Chargers. So at five home. and two at the Eagles. I think that's an L. We both agree there. They could, they could beat the Eagles. Don't get me wrong. I just, I think if you're projecting, and I like to project conservatively, I'd give an, a loss there. But you, okay. can, you can we'll, win. Well, 
Again, I, I don't know if I can do it because I don't know how much I, I love this Eagles defense okay. this year. All right. well, Even though they're at home. I, I think this is one Chicago can steal away. No, it is, but this is a swing game. Like this is, this, I agree. This yes. is, cause if they go into, if they go into Philly and win that game and based on our, our project, our projections here, they'd be like seven and one, uh, they're, or seven and three, excuse me. Is that mm-hmm. right? No, six and three. I can't do math. They're either going to be six and three or seven and Four, two. Four, five, six, six. Let's say they're six and two coming in there. I mean, that's, they're in a good spot to win nine games because they have the Lions twice. Um, yeah. and, and the Giants at home as well. Yeah. Uh, I would say that they beat the Lions at home, lose to the Rams on the road. I, I think they beat the Rams. I, I'm, uh, I think the Rams take a step back. That's, that's, I agree. I'm okay. All right. If you have them beating the Eagles and the Rams, then we can just, we can move right on. Well, okay. We can, so move, on, no, we can move on to the next team because I think you're taking the over. If that's sure. The case. So let's just make it interesting and say they lose to the Eagles. Yeah. And then they come back, they get the get right game against Detroit. So they were four and one going into the bye. That's what we had them as. Four and one, five and two. You have, uh, that'd be five and three, six and three. And then two, six and three going to the Rams. Right. And I think they beat the Rams in LA. So that's seven and three. So they got to win two more games from. Yep. And then they get the set home on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah, I, they do have a tough schedule after the bye. I think they can get, I, I think they can't win any more than 10 though. And that makes it a tough bet for me. Mm -hmm. This is one I'm not going to touch. Nine is a good number. From Vegas, I would say I, it I would, could be one that they end up refunding everybody's money on. It could be. I would say that it is not unreasonable to give the Bears six wins at home this year, and then you're going to have to find four wins on the road at Denver, at Washington, at Oakland, at Philly, at LA, at Detroit, at Green Bay, at Minnesota. So that's that's it's doable, but that's a that's a hard spot to but find. But it's going to be wins. close. This is yep. this this isn't a slam dunker. Yeah, uh, I not, would say, not I, a ten unit special. No, I would say they're right at nine, uh, right at nine, eight or nine wins, depending on how the offense goes and if the defense regresses. Vikings, who finished ahead of the Packers, worth noting, also at nine wins on their over under. Um, where are you, where's your head at on the Minnesota Vikings? Cause I am extremely bullish on Minnesota, thanks in large part to them adding my outlandish offensive rookie of the year preseason pick, Garrett Bradbury. A center is the rookie of the year. Yeah, I'm going to draw national headlines for being a home NC State homer. I really do think that. Um, here's my logic here, and I think this is for fantasy purposes. This Go is ahead. why I will be heavily invested in Dalvin Cook too. Pete Prisco's big on Dalvin Cook this year, which I'd like to hear. But Garrett Bradbury played 90% of his snaps in zone blocking schemes his final yeah. year at NC State. That's all he did at NC State. That's what Gar- they do at Minnesota. Gary and that's Gu- kind Gary of a runner Dalvin Cook is. Yep, exactly. Yo, Dalvin's got to stay healthy. Sure. For, oh, as simple yeah. as that. Yeah, if he tears his ACL, that's going to be a big Yeah, deal. you go and you get Dalvin Cook, and then you draft Alexander Madison. He's There's a million things he hasn't done. Yeah. Uh, and the two of them combined should be pretty good. They, that should be enough for their offense, and it's or at least their run game. It's a question of just how good Kirk Cousins can be, how consistent he can be. I'll, I'll, well, I'll say this too about Kirk Cousins. Is this defense getting a little older? Yes, it is. But I'll say this about Kirk Cousins. This is why I think the Gary Kubiak addition is so key. Gary Kubiak ran the same system that Mike Shanahan and the Shana, the Shanahan yep. clans yep. ran in Washington. Kirk Cousins. Now, and look, Gary Kubiak is just an advisor there. One would presume that he has a pretty uh, steady hand on Kevin Stefanski's shoulder. Right. And if not, then, you know, if they start the season one and three for whatever reason. Goodbye, Mr. Stefanski. Stefanski. Yeah. Right. They don't have a problem getting rid of offensive right. coordinators right. in Minnesota. Well, and as Pete Briscoe's pointed out, 
uh, Mike Zimmer, I don't know if he's, I mean, I, I think, I mean, if the, if the Vikings go six and six and 10 this year, he's probably, get, he could get fired. It wouldn't be surprising yeah. at all. So I, I think you're going to see a comfortable Dalvin Cook, a comfortable uh, Garrett Bradbury, and a comfortable Kirk Cousins running this scheme. And I think when you see the sort of bootleg action type of stuff that they do, it's going to fit really well with Stephon Diggs freelancing a little bit and Adam Thielen flowing across the field on, like, crosser routes. I, I, just, I think this is an offense that can really surprise some people based on what we saw last year because the uh, the ability, the best part about that uh, that offensive scheme is that it can overcome the, the Vikings' biggest weakness, and that's the offensive line. So, to me, this is an offense that takes a big step forward. The question is exactly what you posed is, is the defense a little bit older? Can it generate the pass rush it needs? Will it fall off a cliff? I don't think so, and that's why I am, uh, I'm high on the Vikings. I get it, and I think that they'll be competitive as well. But the, the, saying that their team is getting older, especially on defense, is is also just like saying that their window is starting to close. And I wonder if that pressure catches up with Cousins, Zimmer, the defense in general. Like I'm I'm just wondering if there there there's some like like how the hell did they lose to Buffalo last year at home? That came out of nowhere. Unbelievable. It was but a game like that is going to happen. And it could snowball on them because their defense can't get up off the mat as fast as it might have been able to two years ago. Yeah. So uh, so I'm I we I think we have to account for at least one out of nowhere loss when we look at the Vikings mm. At least one. I think it was a look ahead game to play in the Rams, but that's just me. When you look at the Rams schedule I mean, well for them. the Vikings schedule, excuse me. Um you know and teams don't like to say they look ahead. They were looking ahead to playing the the Rams in LA on Thursday night. Trying to limp out of Minnesota against Buffalo, against, uh, the Bills. And Sean McDermott's a good coach, but they, uh, open up with the Falcons at home. I would guess they're five point favorites. Five point favorites? Does that seem right? Let's see. I, that doesn't seem, uh, that might be what the line is, but it shouldn't, you shouldn't be giving Atlanta that many points. Uh, they're four point favorites. I like the Vikings there. Um, I, I think Atlanta's good, but Minnesota's, Minnesota has a great home field advantage. Uh, I think that's a win. I think so too, but I think it's going to be closer. Sure, yeah, it'll be, yeah. The Falcons, Falcons could upset. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, at Packers in week two, I would say that that's a loss because I would have them splitting with Green Bay. Just yep. my, my theory on it. Uh, they and, are, they are, I believe five, four and one under Mike Zimmer against the Packers. Mm. They've won or tied each of their last four against Green Bay. Mm. Now keep in mind, Aaron Rodgers didn't play much at all right. two years ago. And then uh, last year, he, he was okay against them, I'd say. I think they beat the Raiders in week three. So we got them at two and one. I'll say they split their two road games at the Bears, at the Giants. So that's uh, three and two. Any issues with that? No, I mean, we have the Bears winning. Right. Oh, yeah, that's right. We already lost that. Yes. We got to have Minnesota win that <laughs> no, game. That certainly can. So three and two after five games. Got it. Yep. Uh, I think they'll beat the Eagles at home in another close NFC battle. But Yeah, I think so. Yep. That's fine. Uh, I think they'll beat. I'm going to give them a loss at Detroit. I think that's a game where maybe Detroit is struggling a little bit and the Vikings are favored going into Detroit and Detroit does something weird and beats the Vikings. I don't know. Maybe that's the out of nowhere game. Uh, it could be. It could be the out of nowhere game, especially since the week after that they've got the Thursday game yep. against Washington at home, which isn't a look ahead game by any stretch, but it's the short week factor and maybe they're just a little less prepared. Lions do something to pull one out there 
So, yeah, let's give them that one. All right, so they got two losses after beating the Redskins in week eight. So they're six and – oh, three losses, excuse me. So they're uh, five and three going into a – They've lost – so we've got them losing to each of their divisional yeah, rivals on, on the, the road. road. Which is not an uncommon thing for NFL teams to do. Not uh, at all. Then week nine and week – rough. Week nine, week 10, week 11, heading into a week 12 bye at Chiefs, at Cowboys, and then the Broncos at home. And the Broncos are going to be coming off their bye. Ouch. So they will be rested, ready, and prepared. And again, it's Vic Fangio, who's familiar, familiar. Yeah. We'll be able to say this about, you know, the Packers and the Lions when they take on Denver too. I I think they could beat Denver at home. I don't think that they'll be able to beat Kansas City in Kansas City. And I don't think they're going to be Dallas and Dallas. I like Dallas this year so a does, lot. So does uh, our colleague R.J. White. I'm not as high, I'm not as high on him. I'm a little nervous that everybody likes him, um, but I agree with you. That's a Sunday night game on NBC in Dallas. Uh, Dallas is a good matchup for them because they can nullify the pass rush and nullify that defense and sort of run on them. And yeah, I think that that's probably a one and two stretch. So we're looking at six and five heading into the bye in week twelve. Yeah, a critical stretch to close out for the Minnesota Vikings at Seattle out of the bye. It's a Monday night game. You're not talking me. They're not going to be favored in that game. I would take the um, I would take the Seahawks to win that game because I think Seattle plays great in prime time at home. Um, look, uh, look at the rest of their schedule after the bye because we've got them at six and five going into the bye. It's three home games, but man, see at the Seahawks, Lions, at the Chargers, Packers, and Bears. That is rough. So, do you remember when we were talking about the Bears that the game against Philadelphia was a swing game? Mm-hmm. This matchup against Seattle is going to be a swing game for the Minnesota Vikings, and I don't, th- I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not giving Kirk Cousins much of a chance no. at Seattle. No. No. A, no. So, I think they lose that game. They come back and they beat Detroit. I think they lose at the Chargers. Uh, I think they. They'll, they'll beat Green Bay at home. So they're at eight and seven going into week 17. Mm. Is that what it was? That what we're talking about here? That's what we're talking about. So I don't, I don't see how this team and the win total is nine on the nose. Yep. Where are they finding a 10th win, much less a ninth win? It would have to be at the Lions, at the Bears. At the Packers or at the Chiefs and Cowboys is basically how they're going to have to get it done. Right. They're going so to have to hold serve at home and then steal a win against a divisional opponent or one of a, a playoff team from last year. It's really tough. I, I think they max out at nine wins. So if I'm going to look for this line at nine and a half if so you, I can yeah, find it. Yeah. So you would and take, if I can find it, I would put, you know, two, three units on, let's the, under. Say, right. on the under. And I might do it anyway on how much do I have to lay out for nine? For the under nine, is it one ten? Uh, it is under. There's an even one ten. Yep. Great. So I I would probably do that, hoping that something would go my way and they go eight and eight or seven and nine. But even if they go nine and seven, I push. Yes. I don't. I I think ten wins just doesn't seem likely, given this tough schedule that they have, especially late in the year. You know, they they're they're not beating. Seattle, unless Russell Wilson's not playing. They're not beating Seattle in that game. I'm not, I'm not, or unless that defense just really stinks. And then they've got the Chargers. So is Phillip Rivers standing upright? Probably so. He doesn't miss games, period. I, I That's one I like. Under under nine for Minnesota. I'm going to take the over Minnesota because I think they steal one of those wins. But I'm, I am I get you. I feel you. It's a tough, it's a tough route. I'm projecting a much better. But here's better. the thing. Like, it, it, you think they steal another one of those wins to get to 10? 
Or you I, think the seal will win to get to nine? I am not going to bet the over personally, and I wouldn't bet them to win the division because I think the Bears and Packers are, are very good teams. I think the Lions would be better than people think. But um, if I have to make a pick for every single team, so my pick will be the over for the Vikings. Um, okay. Now comes the tricky part. The Green Bay Packers. Oh, we're there. saving the best for last. Save the, well, I'm just moving in biggest to smallest. Okay. okay. Um, the Green Bay Packers also nine wins over minus 120, so a slight favorite, I guess, over the Vikings there in that instance. Under is even. Uh, I think Pete Prisco said on this podcast that it's free money to take the Packers over at nine wins. I disagree. I think that as good as Green Bay can be, here's here's way, the way it would be free money is if Aaron Rodgers goes on an FU tour because Mike oh, yeah, McCarthy. That's been the, our, the, the mantra we've been saying on the Fantasy Football Today podcast. And by the way, listen to Dave and Heath Cummings and Jamie and Eisenberg. Jamie Eisenberg and Adam Azer. And, and, and even Adam Azer on the, uh, on the, and one of you or maybe multiple of you will be back, uh, next week, maybe, I think at some point to talk about the Fantasy 150. There's some synergy planned for that. Um, yes. I, look, I like the Packers offense. They have a good offensive line. David Bakhtiari can chug beer like nobody else at Bucks games. Aaron Rodgers, not a beer chugger. We learned that on, uh, Last week on uh, on Thursday night, not an impressive beer chugger. Jimmy Graham falling off a cliff a little bit, but Jay Sternberger, a nice addition in the draft. Brian Balaga still there. Lane Taylor, Corey Lindsey, good offensive line. I have questions about the wide receiver group after Devontae Adams, Equinomius St. Brown, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Geronimo Allison. Those are all guys who are hyped up. I don't know that one breaks out. I think that you really like Aaron Jones based on where I saw you take him in our 14 team mock draft. I took Marlon Mack and you took Aaron Jones 13.13 seconds after I did. Aaron Jones was clearly queued up for you. Uh, you're high on this Packers offense as a whole, clearly. I, I think they'll be better than what they've been the last two years. I hope two so. years ago, Rogers gets hurt, misses a ton of the time. You can't even count that as being good. Last year, Rogers played hurt. And the offense struggled because the the play calling got stale and defenses caught up with it. Rodgers knew it. He was forcing it too much. I think it's a big breath of fresh air on the offensive side of the ball with Matt LaFleur now calling the shots for the Packers. And I, I think what that means is a lot more um, moving Rodgers around in the pocket, um, getting his the point where he's going to launch the ball, that that's going to change from play to play. Um, I think the blocking could probably be coached up a little bit better. I do like the offensive line. I agree that there's trepidation about the receivers in Green Bay. We don't know who that number two guy is going to be. Um, I know that on our podcast, uh, Jamie and Heath are both very excited about Geronimo Allison. Mm. Uh, not so much for me. I think he's better as a third receiver than a second receiver. But if Rodgers is, is going to play like, He's got a lot to prove, and boy, does he have a lot to prove. A lot to prove. Then he can he can take that number three receiver and turn him into a number two. And I guess that's the appeal of Geronimo Allison. But I do like Aaron Jones, and I think Matt LaFleur kind of learned that um, when, you, when, when you find a really good running back, you ride him. I think that's what he did last year in Tennessee. It took him three freaking months, but he did it. And he should learn pretty quickly that Aaron Jones just gives him versatility Gives him a, a running back who's can be physical enough between the tackles. Maybe you watch him a little bit so you don't give him twenty touches a week so he doesn't break down. But yeah, this offense is good. But I'm I'm actually looking at their defense. And the I think the addition of Zadarius Smith is good. Preston Smith is good. 
uh, Adrian Amos at safety, and then they drafted Darnell Savage and Rashawn Gary. Th- their defense was bad last year. It was very bad. It was bad with some good players. Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels are really good. 22nd in points against last year. Not great. Well, they had a lot of injuries as well. I, I think this is a defense that can that can definitely flip and surprise some offenses this year. Gary, hopefully Rashawn Gary is healthy, but they were raving about his size and speed at uh, OTAs. They were 29th in DVOA last year in between the Bengals and the Raiders. Yeah. That is vom. Vom, Dave. I say vom. Here's, here's my thing. Um, I want to buy into this FU season from Rogers. I, I think that w- the two examples that I would give in years past, and they're very, very similar in terms of age. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger, because Aaron Rodgers is now, uh, how old is that? Mofo? 35? Is he 36 yet? He'll be, he'll be, uh, yeah, he's 35. Be thir- turned 36 in December. This is about the same age where Ben Roethlisberger, when they got rid of they got rid of uh, Bruce Arians, and mm-hmm. Ben Roethlisberger, he's probably a little bit older than than Ben was, but when they switched to Todd Haley and said we're gonna, you, you know, you gotta learn a new system. Same thing with Philip Rivers when they fired Norv Turner and uh, who they bring in Ken Wisenhunt. Yep. They in, yeah, they brought in Ken Wisenhunt. I'm not saying that Todd Haley and Ken Wisenhunt and Matt Lafleur are the same guys. What I'm saying is that for these veteran quarterbacks who are future Hall of Famers that have been f- comfortable in a same offensive scheme for a long time to rattle their cages a little bit and force them to learn a new system and force them to do things differently. Sometimes it just sort of wakes something up. It's like when you go to a new job and I'm, I haven't done that in 10 years and I'm not saying I want to, but you know, there's something you, you know what I mean? Like you, it's refocus. It's yeah. You refocus. And I think Rogers is going to be there. I think Rogers is going to do that. And I buy into that idea. I do think, however, there is some cause for concern that the that they might try and run the ball too much. We saw them focus a lot on that with Tennessee with the way Matt LaFleur did it. And that, I, yeah, but Matt LaFleur had Marcus Mariota not. I know, I know, I'm just saying I, I can't see Matt LaFleur saying, All right, Aaron, we're gonna lean on the other Aaron. The only time that'll happen is if it's during a game and they realize during the game, holy heck, we can run the ball. And then at that point, Rodgers will say, great, let's get the win. Let's hand off. Have you read the article from Tom Silverstein in the, uh, is it the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel? I think believe no detailing all the stuff that I I worry about this front office and Mark Murphy and where that he create, he changed the setup entirely. It's now a three silo setup where, you know, um, like the Brian Gutekunst is reporting to him. There was battles about who's going to take over Ted Thompson's gig. I don't know. I just think Matt LaFleur, like we don't know how empowered he is. I worry a little bit about the dynamic between Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. And I agree with you on the defense. They should be better, but they did. I mean, they just, they went out and signed a bunch of free agent guys and they drafted Rashawn Gary. Who's, you know, might need a shoulder surgery. Josh Jones, Potential starting safety wants a trade, so they're going to plug in Darnell Savage there. They, Adrian Amos, a free agent, coming to a new system. Jair Alexander's a potential stud. Kevin King and Josh Jackson could take a step forward, but they're, maybe the linebackers aren't, aren't great. I don't know. I just, I just, I think there is the presumption is that the Packers will win 10 games plus because Aaron Rodgers is back and he's pissed off. And I don't think it's a guarantee. Not with the slate of opponents they have in front of them. Their opening start is Muy difficile, Dave. They open at Chicago. Let's, we probably should move quicker on the schedule because I've held you long and Adam Major will come storming in there at noon. 
And I bet you, and I have to, well, I don't have to pick up my son till 1230. It's, we're recording this in the morning for those that care. At the Bears, we gave them that loss, right? Yes. Vikings at home, Broncos at home the next two games. So they hold serve against those two defenses. Right. We gave Minnesota a loss, uh, to Green Bay. So that means Green Bay wins. And then they've got Denver at home. In, in our fictional world, we've got Denver winning in week two. So now they're on the road in week three. Even with Vic Fangio, so familiar with the Packers, it's a letdown spot for them. So. Yep. Two and one to, uh. That's good. Good recall, Dave. That's very nice. <laughs> Building up our, you've, you've got our fictional, our little, uh. I just don't want to screw up and give, no, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I, a win where it, it shouldn't be. Well, you can't have every, you can't have the Broncos lose it. Like the Broncos are, like the Broncos are now eight and nine in according to our fictional world. Like you got to keep, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, do they beat the Eagles at home on, on a Thursday, short week on Thursday night? I would say if the Packers offense is good and what we expect it to be and Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, I think they will be three and one at that point because they win at home. And if, if, if they stink, then, you know, this is a big problem. I would say they are three and two heading into the Lions in week six. What say you? Lions at home. So you've got them beating Philly at home and then losing to Dallas in Dallas. Yeah. I think that's, fair. I think they'll go one and one of those games. Or, okay. Or you could flip it. Yeah, lose the Eagles at home to beat the Cowboys on the road. I, I just think that's a one-on-one okay. stretch. I, I'm with you on that. I, I think that's fine. So let's give them two and zero against the Lions and Raiders at home too. Just well, to... just hold the phone a second. Okay. Both of those games are against rested opponents. The Lions are coming off of their bye. The Raiders are coming off of their bye. But the uh, pack the uh, the Packers will be. Oh yeah, no, that's the state. They'll have an extra day because it's Monday Night Football. Yeah, I. I, I they will I, not be easy outs for them. I, but I think at home against those teams, they win those games. If they, if they are who we think they are. So and, now they're five and two going into week eight at Kansas City. Yep. And they play that's the lost. Chiefs on the road. I think that's a loss. And then the Chargers on the road. I think it's. I think there's, I think those are both losses. I agree. And then they have the Panthers at home in week 10. I, that's I, the swing game. That's a, it's a swing game. I would give them a win there. I don't, I, I, I would too. Um, I would. So you know what? Maybe that's not the swing game. Yeah. I don't think so. So there's six, <laughs> so there's six and four going into their week 11 bye. Out of yeah. the bye, two games, brutal road trip. So yeah. November 24th, 425 on Fox at San Francisco. And then the next week you're at New York. Now the nice thing is you can just stop in Milwaukee for a little layover, but right. that's a lot of time zones in the span of two weeks. Um, I don't think it's unreasonable to say one and one, although I agree. I, and I almost wanted to say, forget about Carolina being the swing game. I think that 49ers game. I'd agree. Believe it or not, is going to be a swing game. If the 49ers are a good team and you lose them out of your bye on the West Coast and then have to go East and play the Giants. Yeah, that's, that's trouble. Yeah. Um, so one and one, I'm, I'm fine with that. All right. So and we got to get right game week 14 against Washington. Seven and five, eight and five against the Redskins. And so here's where, you know, with the last three games on the schedule, Bears at home and then you close at Vikings at, at Lions. So I think that, Three-game stretch, really. You might, I think we're right. The 49ers is the swing game. But that three-game stretch at the end against divisional opponents will probably decide whether or not the Packers are a playoff team and whether or not they beat nine wins. And I think they do it because yeah. I think they beat Chicago at home. Sure. And then they've got at Minnesota, that's, I, think I believe that's a loss. Yeah, it's Monday night. I think and then they'll beat Detroit in Week 17. Mm. Detroit's got their bags packed for Bermuda. Yeah. And, uh, and the – Packers win to try and clinch a playoff spot. So yeah, we've we've got them at ten. Yeah, they're at ten. If they start slow at home, if they if they start two and if they start one and three or two and two, 
that obviously changes. They need to win those first three games against the Vikings, Broncos, and Eagles. It's not easy teams. I mean, those are tough teams. Um, but if the Packers are good again and they hold serve at home and they can close out strong. What was the over? Minus 110? Uh, minus 120. I would lean over on them as well. I, I would, I would too. I'm, I'm not as excited about that one as I am the under nine for Minnesota, but you could throw a unit at that. Yep. Uh, and finally, the Detroit football lions heading into what will be a pivotal season for old, uh, old Matt Patricia. I got to tell you, Dave, any, other I mean, don't you know, can't you already see the writing on the wall that he'll be the Patriots defensive coordinator? Feels that way. Feels that way. Yeah, like the job's already open. They've got a crippling schedule to open. Man, this sucks. They play at the Cardinals, which is, sh- should be a win, but here's the problem. You're going, and look, I want to, I want to preface this by saying that I like what, I, I think I know what they're trying to do, and I don't mind what they're trying to do. They are trying to be, like the Patriots, a run heavy team. You know, they, Golden Tate is, is gone. They shipped him out. They added Danny Amendola, Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay at the wide receiver position. I actually like that group of wide receivers. Yeah, they're stupid for wanting to be a running team when they've got that group of receivers. And, 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 and Matthew Stafford under center. And Matthew Stafford. But if you look at his stats on the stretch last year, I mean, he was unstartable in fantasy for yeah. a, a half a season. Uh, Theo Riddick, carry on Johnson in the backfield. TJ Hawkinson, they add. Jesse James, they add. Isaac Nauta, they add. It feels like to me, Dave, they are saying we are going to line up with two tight ends yep. and run the hell out of the football and hope that on Johnson stays healthy. I think he's a potential monster in fantasy if he can play 16 games. I, well, the problem is that the Lions like to use a lot of running backs. Sure, yeah, right. There, there could be as many as three as part of their recipe. And Sign C.J. Anderson, too. Yeah, so C.J. Anderson can get in there. <clears throat> Theo Riddick has been their passing downs back for the last 25 years. So it's, it's a three headed monster potentially. Um, I, I defensively, they got a nice front four. Deshaun Hand, Sean Robinson, Snacks Harrison, love snacks, making me hungry. Trey Flowers added off of free agency, although I don't love free agency ads, but I mean, you want to buy your wife flowers? If mm-hmm. Snacks makes you hungry, no. Flowers. You know. By the way, I got, I got a new snack. Elites. I tried the new cheese at Snaps the other day. Oh my god, they're so good. Mm. Mm. And the the yeah, this, uh, this has been the trend with like these chip and cracker companies. Go with the airy. Oh right, uh, like the rich chips. If you had those, yeah, they're great. Unnecessarily salty. Yes, I would agree with that too. Yeah, cheese it is my snack, my my vice of choice when it comes to snack crackers. Uh, Gerard Davis, nice piece in the middle. Secondaries. Darius Slay's a stud, but they need Tease Tabor to take a step forward. Got Justin Coleman to play the slot corner. Yeah, it's, it's, not, oh, it's not a bad group. It's up and down last year. Yeah. He had some bad games, but he's uh, he's familiar with Patricia because he used to play for the Patriots. Knows the scheme. Should be all right. Should be able to hold it down. Um, Where does the pass rush come from? Trey Flowers? Is he, I, yeah, is he a premier pass rusher, or is he they more of a they paid him? They paid him like one. I know, but is he more of like a like? I think this is a defense that will be very tough to run on. This but feels very, like, but very easy to pass on. Um, yeah, trick with play action. Mm, that's a good. That's a good call. Like, Look Minnesota's going to win both of their games against Detroit. I, just oh, that alone. That's the bootleg play action and in that Kubiak scheme. Yeah, that's right. That's a, no, that's a good call. I I want to like this Detroit team. I just think there's people are sleeping on. By the way, they're over under six and a half minus one. Yeah, we should probably mention what they're over under minus one twenty to the over. Um, 
Here's the problem. Their schedule, they have a week five bye. That's never helpful. Nobody, nobody wants a week five bye, especially when you start at Arizona. And I get that the Cardinals stink and they stunk last year. They were three and 13. They're a completely different team now. And the, the Detroit Lions are faced with the impossible task of being the first team to, to, uh, prepare for Cliff Kingsbury's offense because no one in the NFL has ever seen it and you can't prepare for it just based on Texas Tech tape. Well, but I mean, that's what they're all going to try and do is they're going to go back and they're going to look for the consistencies in that offense. Right. But I'm saying like literally they are the only team that will have zero NFL tape to look at except for preseason sure. games from Cliff. But Kingsbury's I guarantee offense. you they are going to preach gap integrity and making sure that the, the zone run is ineffective for them and someone's going to be spying on Kyler Murray every single play. That part of it, I think Detroit can handle. I like the over. I like the over in that game, by the way. It's oh yeah, the over is going to come in. It's, it's, it's the what is it? Forty-eight. Yeah, that should go over. Uh, it's it's the passing, and the fact that like I just I have the feeling that these defenses early on against Arizona are going to underrate Kyler Murray, and I think he's he's going to come out guns a blaze. I love him in fantasy. Love the idea of drafting him in round ten. As a, he's getting on your bench. You can draft him as your starter if you're feeling gutsy, but there are going to be so many quarterbacks that you'll find late on draft day that you'll feel the same way about, like Big Ben, Brady. They're not as popular as they used to be. No. They're going to fall. Phillip Rivers, he's never been popular, but he's always been good. And so you can get one of those veterans. Goddamn right. Tyler Murray, and you've got a lot of fun. Yeah. Quarterback. You, you just have to take up two roster spots with it. I like drafting two quarterbacks, and I think Kyler, Kyler Murray's a great example like – um Cam Newton was as a rookie, a guy who can be, who's, yeah, Desha- sure. Deshaun Watson. And then there's, uh, that's, see, that's the comparison to me is Deshaun yeah, Watson. I'm just saying like a quarterback who's going to you, who has shown that they will use their legs to score and to pile up yardage. Cause if Kyler Murray runs for 50 yards a game, which is not outlandish, I mean, your, your, sure. your, your points per week from a quarterback position is, is yeah. loaded. Uh, all right, let's, let's him in a little, this is, this is one other point I wanted to make last year. Right, how do we start talking about the Cardinals? Oh, cause they're playing the Cardinals in week one. They're playing, right. Well, let's, we're, let's we're, run we through. We are really honed in on week one, Will. <laughs> let's, let's run through the Lions schedule because Adam Azer. Let me, let me drop this nugget right, okay, first. Okay. In six wins last year, the Lions held their opponents to 21 or fewer points five times. So five of their six wins, 21 or fewer points allowed. That's obviously part of the recipe for the Lions to win. In 10 losses, they allowed 26 or more points seven times. Wow. So I don't know if they've got the, the mindset or the firepower. They, they kind of do have the firepower. It's more the mindset to, to compete in a high scoring game. And you already said that that total is 48 points in week one. Mm-hmm. This is a loss for the Detroit Lions. They're going to begin the year 0 and 1. I'm with you. And then they get the Chargers at home, Eagles on the road and Chiefs at home before their week five bye. It's a win. They're 0 and 4. I think they're 0 and 4. Mm. So that means to get the over, of you have to hit seven wins to to win that one. They have twelve games with which to work for, so they need to go seven and five down the stretch, out of out of their bye, their week five. They bye. haven't played a single divisional game yet. <laughs> That's right, and we have them penciled in for I think six losses in those divisional games. Well, no, I think we've got them winning one of them. So, or five losses in the divisional games. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. They lost both games versus Chicago last year. Uh, they've lost three straight against Minnesota. They didn't even score a touchdown in two games against Minnesota last year. So they're out. They've won, out. Here's, here's the, here's the wrinkle. They've won four straight against the Packers. The Lions have, mm. but Rodgers didn't play in three of the games. Ah, yes. There you go. 815 
kickoff, ESPN, Monday Night Football, out of the bye in Green Bay. That is Lost. not a favorable bye <laughs> reward after your week five buys if Packers on Monday Night Football. Well, so, maybe it'll get better for them in week seven. So we have 0-5. Then we have – I think we had the Vikings beating them twice. So that's 0-6. Maybe it'll get better in week eight. They get the Giants at home. There it is. 1-6. I, I think that's a win. I think so, too. Not an easy win. At the Raiders, week nine? I think that's a loss. Mm. One and seven at the Bears. We have that as a loss. One and eight. Holy crap. I almost said the S word. Holy crap. Uh, Cowboys at home in week 11. How are, I mean. They'll be saying the S word to Matt Patricia by this point. See Matt, ya. Yeah, man. Pete Prisco, see ya. You're that's, gone. Yeah. I don't think they beat Dallas in week 11. So that's what, I mean, this is insane. At Washington in week 12, that's, that's a tailor made win for them. Sure. A desperation win that when they're when they're an underdog to the to the Redskins on the road. Thanksgiving, yeah, turkey on the table, stuffing. Well, no, it's the next week. No, no, next week is a short week. The Bears at home on Thanksgiving. My yeah, God, man. loss. Uh, at the Vikings, we had as a loss. Buccaneers at home is a win. At the Broncos, I don't know if that's a win either. How is that TBD? Oh, is this a Saturday game? That's yeah. a Saturday game. And then the Packers at home to close out in Week 17. Do they have? I don't know if they've got four wins. Will. And the total is six and a half. The under is six and a half. Yeah, it's a slam, and the, it's juice to the over. And you're kidding. This doesn't make any this sense. This is my favorite bet of the division. It doesn't make any sense. I like I I want to like the Lions, but I don't I don't see how. I don't I don't understand. They can't. Can you find even seven games that they might win? No, I don't get why this uh, over under is set this way. Unless we're just okay. And so, just as someone who's been close to this gambling world for a long time. Anytime you think that about a bet, you've got to almost stop yourself and say, well, maybe it's supposed to be this way. Right. No, that's not, I mean, if like you're being, maybe we're just being led down the primrose path here that they, they want us to take the under they're begging us to take. Let's the under. say in a crazy world that they managed to go two and two in the first, I mean like they, they get the chargers crap the bed in September all the time. So, and they could beat the Cardinals in week one. Okay. So let's just say they're two and two in week one after going into coming out of the bye. Okay. We still have them losing to the Packers. Let's, and again, we're ignoring our other alternate world. Let's say they beat the Vikings at home. So they are now three and three. They beat the Giants at home. They're four and three. This is, I mean, this is a Matt Patricia is getting coach of the year buzz. Everybody's talking about the, the Lions as a sleeper in the division. They beat the Raiders on the road. That's not crazy. Five and three. This is the path. Losing the Bears on the road. Losing the Cowboys at home. You're five and five. Beat the Redskins on the road. That's six. And then you just have to beat the Buccaneers at home. That's the seven right there. That's, it's doable. It's not likely. It's doable. You're right. It's not likely though. And you could lose the Vikings in week seven and then beat the Packers in a week's a meaningless week seventeen game and get to seven and nine. That might and so right. I guess. But you're you're like sweating that. it. This is a sweat if you get to seven. Well no, but we we also think that Green Bay is gonna need every win that they can get. So I would be surprised if the Packers have to wrestle their But guys that's that's what I'm saying. Like I like the Lions getting to seven is a sweat. Oh, or, I thought you were saying the okay. No, like, I mean, like, you might get the seven if you take the over, but you are sweating it out. I, yeah, I, I like this under a lot. I know maybe we're not supposed to like it, but if the, I, if, if I the like Lions, it. if the Lions are much better than everyone expects, then you take the L in the face. Uh, but I think I like the under as well. All right. Uh, we went over our allotted time. That's okay. Cause Dave, I like talking football with you. Love talking football. We did a deep dive on the NFC fun. North. I hope you had a great Memorial Day. Um, cause this is pre-recorded, of course. Uh, yeah. 
Follow Dave Richard on Twitter, at Dave Richard. Listen to him on Fantasy Football Today. Watch him on Fantasy Football Today and on CBS Sports HQ. Anything else you want to plug, Dave? No, nah, I think you covered it all, Will. I'll, I'll always take the over with you, buddy. I'll always take the over with you, too. Uh, always a pleasure, my man. Let's talk soon. You got it. 